This is the Fantasy Road Show. Whoa, 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 whoa. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. My name is Ryan. This is Mike Culls. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker. You can find him on Twitter at Culls underscore Sports. We hope everybody's having a beautiful day, and we appreciate you joining us today. Mike, how the hell are you doing today? What's going on? Oh, I'm good. Uh, Not much. Just excited to get into some running back rankings. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. It's going to get good here. I like it. I love running backs. I love talking running backs. Um, Even though the NFL owners don't really like dealing with these running backs lately, this is a hot hot subject. (laughs) Yeah, I like... (laughs) I like running backs, Rye. Um, yeah. I think this is where you can win leagues. If you get the guys that go off, um, you're in a really good spot. So, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a very, very high variance here. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, this is where you find the league winners. Absolutely. Um, do want to preface one thing um, as we're going through these rankings and tiers for you guys. Um, everything we talk about is in terms of PPR, and that's for one reason and one reason only. PPR is standard. Get with the program. What are you doing? Okay. Um, but I yeah. I do want to start out by saying uh, I really hope these running back situations can figure themselves out. I mean, I I, yeah. I I listed out all the running backs that are unhappy with their current situation, Mike. I'm going to go ahead and re- read some of these off for you. Saquon Barkley just signed a one-year contract, but still not really happy long-term, right? Austin Eckler restructured his contract, not happy. Jonathan Taylor, we know what's going on with him, clearly not happy. Josh Jacobs could hold out. J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, this list goes on and on and on. Not to mention all the running backs that are going to be a free agent next year. I mean, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon. You know, this is – I don't know what's going to happen next year, but I can't wait to find out, man. I This is juicy. It's been juicy lately. Yeah, I'm worried about Jonathan Taylor, honestly. Um where is he going to end up? I don't know. It sounds like it's getting really bad in Indy. Um, like so bad that teams are reaching out. And I mean, Colts came out and expressed that they're not going to trade him and just kind of force him into playing, being that he's getting fined $40,000 every practice he misses. Yeah. Um, and then threatening to put him on the non football injury list. Did, I think they did put him on the non football injury list, which means that he could if he remains on that list then they still have him under contract for next season. exactly like it's just uh, they have all the leverage it seems like yeah they do in this situation so hopefully they can come to terms with the trade i guess and just get him out of there get him on the bears and let him be happy oh come to chicago john come to chicago we need you buddy oh man uh that would be awesome i don't want to get my hopes up though uh uh, I'll say though, to add on the other guys you named like JK Dobbins, I'm not as worried about. I feel like he just doesn't really have a lot of leverage. He has to kind of prove himself before he gets a big contract. Yeah. Josh Jacobs would be someone to worry about, but I'm just really focused on Jonathan Taylor. 
Uh, hope he gets a home. I know we're drafting a best ball right now with him. Uh, he kind of fell to us and we got our first share of JT. So uh, that would be nice to see that kind of pan out. But um, yeah, anyways, uh, let's get into some running backs. Oh, yeah. Buckle up. Buckle up. All right. So I think we're in agreement on who our number one running back is this year. And I'm going to give you the privilege to talk about him because you seem like you are the number one drum beater of this bandwagon for Mr. Bijan Robinson. So take it away. Fucking Bijan. RB1 Bijan. Uh, I love Bijan. I would take him, depending on the on the on the format in which your roster is. I would take him as high as one hundred one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I understand people wanting to go chase Jefferson regardless of scoring, and I kind of understand that. I would probably agree with you. I would go um, chase Jefferson one hundred three Bijan. That's what I'm looking at. Um, I love Bijan. I will always love Bijan. The only reason, the only, the only, the only way I don't go him one Oh three is if it's a three wide receiver league with maybe like a, a flex or two, mm-hmm. and then you have the ability to start five wide receivers. Then there's just so much value there going right wide receiver early and just stacking it. Yeah. But yeah, Bijan, um, he, uh, like I said, I love him. I'm probably, as you said, the number one in the fantasy space that is just pumping Bijan, Bijan up. He looks incredible. He is like a next, he's, he's like a McCaffrey on steroids in that like, he's this next generation where he'll catch balls. He's a receiver. He's like McCaffrey's like a running back that catches a lot of balls. Like Bijan can line up with corners and fucking dust them. Yeah. He's that good. Um, so he's this, he's going to be like, talk about this running back, like market. That's all weird. And this transition we're going through. Well, Bijan's going to be the guy that like gets paid like a fucking wide receiver because he's that like, he's going to be, the, he's going to be the guy that changes everything. I mean, oh, okay. So I, I like what you're going. I like where you're going with there. Maybe Bijan yeah. is the one that could uh, fix uh, the landscape for running backs here in a couple of years. Well, and fix it, but also just be like, I'm way better than you. If you want to get paid like me, then become a full tool back like am like yeah, I like am, McCaffrey. Like, like McCaffrey is. Like he's getting 16 mil, and 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 Taylor wants to match that and get 16 mil, and they're like, guys, you have fucking a lot of carries on your belt for a young man. And you don't have that McCaffrey shiftiness that like, he's just not McCaffrey. Right. Yeah. I think, I think also Taylor's just uh, negotiating like a year too late. Like you're coming off a really bad year. It's just not, not a good time to um, try to puff out your chest like that. But, um, but yeah, man, Bijan's Bijan's great. We have him at number one. I mean, we saw what the team did with Algier. Yeah. Hook him, baby. Um, we saw what the team did with Algier last year, fifth round draft pick and had over a thousand yards rushing. Like I can only imagine what Bijan's going to be able to put up this year. So I want a piece of that yeah. for sure. Yeah. RB one, you've seen other rookies come out and just, you know, dominate. Um, 
I wish I had that list on me. Todd Gurley was one of them. Barkley was one of them. Uh, but there's a nice little list there of just rookies that come out and, and shine. And Bijan is going to be exactly that. He's going to do it all. Uh, so I, you know, I can keep tooting his horn and we can move on and, and shoot down these rankings a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Um, our top three is the same. I mean, uh, in terms of same players in there, I have Bijan Barkley CMC and, uh, Ryan's got Bijan CMC and Saquon. Yeah. So, um, I love Barkley. I think he's going to have another huge year. CMC. We know what he is to that offense. I don't need to say anything on either of them unless you know you have anything. No, I they're kind of interchangeable for me. I'm totally fine with how you have them listed. Um, they're just elite running backs who can catch the ball and are very active in the passing game. I mean, we we all saw what yeah. Christian McCaffrey did. We all saw what Saquon did last year. We're expecting very similar seasons, if not better, than last year. CMC's the reason I have him is just the team. The, his team's better. Like he's gonna. I think he'll have more scoring opportunities on the 49ers. Um, yeah. but that's just kind of the edge that puts CMC over Saquon for me. Um, uh, but I would yeah. not be surprised if Saquon is the number one running back at the end of the year. Yeah. So the, here's the difference for me. The reason I have Saquon over McCaffrey, same thing as we said, skills out of not even a question, but, um, for me, Barkley's a bigger part of that offense than CMC in that, like it, more of it relies on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that he's just going to, like, in order for the Giants to have success, Saquon has to absolutely go off. In order for the Niners to win games, they can split that backfield with Eli Mitchell, and that's why you see me so high on Eli as well, is, like, I think that throughout the season, especially early on, until, like, games really, really, really matter late in the season, yeah, they're, like, you have the luxury if you're the 49ers in a great back and Eli Mitchell to kind of stagger and take some of that production away, take some of that heavy lifting away. Yeah. So is that 10, 15 carries? Like, yeah, I think that's what it's, I literally think, you know, he can get in that range every single game, which to me takes away a little bit of that value where I think Saquon is the giants offense. So that's why I have, them switched around but i mean mccaffrey's still gonna be a beast he's still gonna like uh, he's christian mccaffrey he was a cheat code for the longest time in yeah. fantasy oh, one other thing i wanted to mention real quick on those two before we move on it's a stat that you don't necessarily like um but it's a, ah, a strength of schedule yeah. um yeah. the strength of schedule for running backs Projected. cmc Projected. uh the 49ers have a favorable matchup for running backs uh they're projected. they're ranked yeah projected favorable yeah. schedule for running backs. They're uh, seventh easiest and uh, Barkley is down at 29th easiest. So that's uh bottom, bottom five for a uh, pretty tough schedule for Barkley. But th- let's it's clarify another. that it's not that I don't like that stat. It's just like, I think it's funny that we're projecting like defenses strength of schedule for certain positions. It's just, it's just one of those things in my mind with fantasy sports that like you can get, so as far into the weeds as you're willing to go. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it could be pretty accurate in that 
a lot of the defenses are going to be the similar. Um, yeah, but you know, it's subject I mean, to change. I mean, some teams are going to suck. It's going to change. Yes, like absolutely. One hundred and fifty thousand percent. It's going to change. You're, That's my point. One hundred percent right. But it's a nice. Um, it's just a nice bit of information that this is what the projection is. And this is kind of what the landscape was last year going into this year. So just do with that as you will. Don't take it to heart is basically what we're yeah. saying. So. Well, that, that, I just wanted to clarify. I don't hate it. I'm just, that's what it is to me. So Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I have at four, five, six, I have Brees Hall, Jonathan Taylor. A uh, little bit of question marks there, but the ceilings are so high if playing. I have Nick Chubb at six and, you know, he could have his best year this year. Um, no Kareem Hunt, great offense. That offense should take a huge step forward. They're saying that he could catch some balls, which would be, you know, awesome for him and his fantasy. Um, but anyways, he's going to have a Nick Chubb great year. And then Eckler at seven, um, Derek Henry, eight, Pollard, nine, and Josh Jacobs, 10 to round out my top 10. Um, I'll let Ryan say his here in a second, but you know, there's Jacobs question mark there, Taylor question mark there. I'm pretty confident Brees Hall is going to step in and have a role week one. So I'm not too worried, but people are worried there. Yeah. I mean, I mean he's being drafted um, at the 11th running back and we have him up. You have him at four. I have him at six. We're both really high on Brees. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go safe, you go Bijan, Saquon, McCaffrey, Chubb, Eckler, Henry as your top because there's not really any question marks, but you yeah, know, we're taking some taking some gambles uh, with the other few. But yeah, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and round out round out your top ten. Yeah, so at four I have Austin Eckler, five is Nick Chubb, then Brees Hall at six, followed by Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, and Najee Harris. Um, I have. Austin Eckler up there just based on what he's done over the last few years. Like he has been the one of the best running backs. He led the league last year in targets and receptions, partly due to the injuries to the wide receivers. So how many balls did he catch? Something insane. Um, let me tell me it wasn't a hundred. It's it is it's over. Tell 100. me it wasn't a hundred. Uh, no. He had 127 targets, 107 receptions for 722 yards, and five from a running shots. back. 107 receptions from running back. Yeah. Insane. Uh, but that's, I th again, you have to remember that as a combined games, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams only played four games together. So, yeah, I know. I'm just, you know, what, I, what, what was the year before? Um, Austin Eckler's year before. I don't have that pulled up, but he was the running back two last I'll grab year, it. the year before. Go ahead. Keep yeah. talking. I'll, I'll get it. Uh, but no, I, I mean, if you look at the last two years, he scored 18 touchdowns last year and 20 the year before in total. No player in any position has scored more touchdowns than that. Like this guy has been the elite of the elite, and there's no competition behind him in the backfield. So, you know, I, I, I don't understand why people are, are kind of swerving if you will, Austin Eckler in drafts. I've heard a lot of uh, negative things about him, and people don't don't think he's a good pick in the first round. But, I mean, it's Austin Eckler, at least for another year. <laughs> yeah, so he had 70 the year before. Um, I've never owned Eckler in any fantasy capacity ever. I did two years ago. And he, I rode him to a championship. Like it was, he, he yeah. literally single-handedly pretty much helped me win a championship. So, I mean, 
I don't maybe that yeah. maybe that has a, something to do with my feelings on him, but uh he's just No, it doesn't. The proof is in the pudding. <laughs> exactly. The numbers don't End lie. Of story. Man. Yeah. So and then uh yeah. Nick Chubb, I did want to talk about him. I'm really, really high in Nick Chubb. I keep wanting to move him up, but obviously it's hard with Eckler, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Robinson. But Nick Chubb, the, the, the Browns have the number two ranked offensive line going into this year. Like, you know, he's at least eight touchdowns and over a thousand yards every year. The guy's a perennial guy, and he did that all with Kareem Hunt still in the offense involved. Now he's got it all to himself. The sky's the limit for Nick Chubb, man. I really hope he can catch around 50 balls this year and really propel himself into being uh, in conversation for the number one running back. Yeah, there's a good chance I bump Chubb and Eckler over JT oh, yeah. here if we don't bump. if we don't get some news here pretty soon. But bump Chubb. Um, but yeah, like I mean, Chubb, right now, ECR Eckler's one point eight. So you know, Barkley's four. I'm personally just taking Barkley over Eckler, but like I don't, I, I have no problem with anyone putting Eckler, you know, that's a tough as high as me. they want to. Yeah. So. They, it's B it's, it's kind of like these four running backs between Bijan, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler. I'm fine with all four of those being in any order personally. Um, yeah. I, it's totally understandable to me, but after that yeah. is a teardrop for me. I, I understand it as well. Uh, besides, I mean, besides Bijan, besides your you love for Bijan, if, if you don't have Bijan at, your number one in running back, then you're dead to me. And I think you're just, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you're not going to say, you're not going to get me to say anything bad about him. I Mm -hmm. just never really owned him. So I'm going, if, if he's on the board and so is Saquon, I'm going Saquon. That's all I got to say. No, that's fair. Um, So after our top 10, um, if you want to start going through 11 through 20 here, um, yeah. I have, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, so I got Ramondre 11, Najee 12, Aaron Jones, 13, uh, Travis ETN 14 and Dobbins at 15. Um, yeah, I mean like Ramondre is another guy that as of right now, he's going to get fed. Um, I do think that they're going to, you know, as of right now, as in they're not going to sign someone else, which they probably will end up signing a Zeke Dalvin, uh, Fournette, one of those three guys. Yeah. But, you know, if it stands today, I think Pierre Strong's going to get a little bit of uh, some work. I don't know much about Kevin Harris, or, or but I like I think Pierre Strong could fit into a, a James White role. But for the most part, it's Ramondre's backfield right now as it stands. That's why you see him at 11. Uh, unless something significant changes, he's going to stay there just because of what he means to that Pat's offense. I mean, like kind of like I was talking about Saquon. If they're going to have success, he needs to go. I kind of think think the same with the Patriots. Like they just have such a bad wide receiver room as well. Um, or like on yeah, I mean bad. It's a bad wide receiver room. I tried to like, cut him some slack and say like. We don't know who's going to be where, but it's just bad. So yeah. Ramondre is going to get fed, and he's going to have to produce. Najee, he always gets the ball. Um, we're hearing about Warren uh, a little bit there, saying like he looks really good. Tomlin likes him, but that's Najee's backfield. It's going to continue to be. Um, and then Aaron Jones is a guy that we're both relatively high on. Um, you know, we have him at thirteen. His ECR or his ADP is at 16 right now. Um, 
go ahead and talk because I just thought of something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have um, my 11 through 15, just a quick summary here. It's I, Tony Pollard, 11, Ramondre Stevenson, 12, Travis Etienne, 13, Aaron Jones, 14, and Joe Mixon at 15. Uh, I'm a little bit higher than, than you, Mike, on uh, Joe Mixon. You know, the fact that he restructured his contract is is such a good sign for this team and him moving forward. Um, and the Bengals are just such a good team. You know, he's uh, last year he was top five in receptions among running backs. You know, he's very much involved. And uh, who who was the uh, was it Trayvon? I can't even remember his name. He got he was carted off the field Jerry? today, right? Yeah, the Trayvon injury. Henderson. Yeah, Trayvon Henderson. Yeah, yeah. so um, he was like second or third string in competition. Now there's just Joe Mixon and Chase Brown. So I, yeah, you know, it's a bump for Brown, I think for sure. Yeah, but it also just you know I think it also solidifies the workhorse role that Joe Mixon is in line for this year. Like nah. I, I just I, I think he is. I don't think that changes at all. I think that. Chase Brown just definitely has that role because like Travion Henderson kind of sucked anyways. Um, someone is going to stagger Mixon like yes. P. Ryan, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There will be a timeshare of some sort, maybe a 70-30 now. Uh, who knows what it looks like depending on how Mixon runs the ball. But um yeah, I'd be interested to see what uh, our boy Just Derek will have him on before the season starts. Uh, now that we got some Bengals news popping up, the injury yeah. bug seems to be going around. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's Mixon's backfield, but someone will be there. And I don't think it, I think it, we all thought it was going to be Chase Brown, and now we know it's going to be Chase Brown. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what were you thinking about? You just you, yeah. you mentioned. I wanted to. <laughs> you got I, me on I'm my not toes over here. The, I'm not going to get the answer to it until after the podcast. Um, and it's not worth talking about, but Aaron Jones, he is a guy. Um, I love him this year. Like he, you know, he's, he's at six, he's there at 16 and, and quite frankly, like, is he RB 16? Can you check that? Yeah. His ADP is RB 16. Okay. ADP is 16. Um, I have him at 13. You have him at 14. Mm -hmm. I, I think we both like him because of what he's going to mean to that offense. Not quite like Saquon and and uh, and Ramondre like we talked about, having to kind of the same, but like not as much of the same, right? You still have Dylan there. Um, but in order, like I think the Packers are going to have success through Aaron Jones in that like he's that veteran presence that's going to be in the huddle kind of calms Jordan Love down when things you know when he goes through growing pains as being a first year starter so Aaron Jones is going to be counted on a lot he's going to be the massive he's going to be the you know the the really the heartbeat of that team but just the maturity the um I think he's just going to have such a great year because of that. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, when I'm, whenever I'm in drafts and I'm looking at this uh, pocket of players, if you will, Aaron Jones is always the player that stands out to me that I want to draft. I mean, he, the yeah. guy is explosive over a thousand yards in three of the last four seasons, even though he's never eclipsed over 240 carries. Like he yeah. had, he's a career high in rushing yards last year, 1,121. I mean, his now the one knock on him is he doesn't score rushing touchdowns. He scored two rushing touchdowns last year on 213 carries, but he's very much involved in the passing game. And uh, I just I think 
I think he is going to, you know, be the guy this year. He, he was uh, RB nine last year with only scoring two rushing touchdowns. So that that aspect of it doesn't really deter me from Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean, look at his last four seasons. Uh, number two overall, number five, number ten, and number nine. Yeah, top ten. Top ten last four seasons, and he's going at sixteen. Give me that guy every time. End of story. <laughs> exactly. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, you want to go from? I'll, I'll start off uh, at sixteen. I have J.K. Dobbins, and then somebody I really, really like this year. I know you as well. Uh, Cam Akers at seventeen, and then Miles Sanders at eighteen. Jameer Gibbs at nineteen, and Ken Walker at twenty. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like all of these players in this area, mainly J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, and Miles Sanders. Um, those are usually who I'm looking at. Um, uh, what about you, yeah. Mike? Yeah, well, so I want to talk about ETN also. Um, this is a very important – this may be the most important area of running backs. Yeah. Um, because – if you're going wide receiver, wide receiver early, then this is who you're looking at to fill as your RB one. So you and, have to hit. And we think that that's the best play, right? This year, like after all the drafts we've done, I think my favorite outcomes have been wide receiver early, and then in the third round grabbing your RB one in this area. And it, these are these guys. Yeah. So I don't. Yes and no. I I think. It depends. It's going to depend on the roster construction. Like if it's two running back, two receiver, a flex, I think that changes things a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. I see know. what you mean. I, I, most of the drafts and most of the leagues we're in, we're pretty heavy wide receivers. Two, and... If it's two running backs, three wide receivers and a flex, then yeah, I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But Go if it's more traditional, stud wide receiver. but yeah, if it's traditional, then like, I don't know. I mean, it depends on who you're going. You know, I would rather have a Bijan, Saquon, and, you know, Garrett Wilson. I don't know what – it's hard to say what, what that would look like based on, you know, the draft board. But I that answer is hard for me because I like to get an edge in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm while being safe. So like I either want to go wide risk, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, running back almost always, because then you have an edge on basically anyone, right? Like, yeah, you're creating a positional advantage. Yeah. Create. I want to create a positional advantage early and then, you know, be confident that I can kind of fill in with depth later. But, um, if you're going to, so that's why I'm saying like, yes, I also agree with you because wide receiver is so that top of the wide receiver, the first, I don't know, call it 12 is very heavy to where you can stack up two of those guys, rely on one of these guys on the third and fourth round and be good. Um, that being said, it does depend on roster construction for me. Yeah. Uh, Cause like, you know, like we just talked about, at 103, I would probably lean like whoever my number three ranked wide receiver is instead of Bijan if you can roster that many um, that many wide receivers. But anyways, um, yeah, so I have Jones 13, 14 ETN, Dobbins at 15, Akers 16, Jameer Gibbs 17, and then I have uh, Mixon 
Rashad White and Ken Walker to round out the top 20. Mm-hmm. Um, ETN, I've talked about him before. Uh, I just think that his role solidified. He's going to take another step forward as well as that whole offense. Dobbins, really the same exact story. Full year of being healthy, that offense should, uh, you know, has some stability and they all know they're going to be there. So say Flowers takes to the next level, Dobbins should kick into gear and go to that next level. And if he does, I want a part of him. Akers, I mean, I want to hear you talk about Akers, but I just think that he is going to have to have a very heavy and high production type workload in order for the Rams to do anything this year. Yeah. Um, Cam Akers, it, it's it's tough with Cam Akers. I love him as a player and what he was able to do towards the end of the year last year. The last three games, he averaged 20 carries for over 100 yards, scoring three touchdowns in that span. Like He ended the year so hot. Um, but this team, it's it's no it's no joke, man. The, the Rams are not going to be good this year. Like um, just as in general, they have a bottom ranked offensive line. They have a middle of the road strength of schedule. Like um, the only hot points of this team is Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Cam Akers. Uh, you know, with a couple auxiliary pieces here and there, but their defense isn't very good. Um, I don't know what the game scripts are going to be looking like, but Cam Akers is going to be. This one of the centerpieces of this offense, and I want him on my teams. Uh, being drafted at uh, what's his ADP twenty uh, third, like we have him, we have him ranked pretty pretty high comparative to where everyone else is drafting him, and that just speaks to our belief in him. So I, you know, as yeah, as bad as the, the team's going to be, I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, the opportunity is going to be there. So I'm not, I'm not quick to say that the Rams are going to be really bad. I think they're going to be a lot better. Um, I need to see Stafford be healthy before I can say that they're going to like be good. But I, if that makes any sense, but I think they're going to be able to compete with just about anyone. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I think that like the Cardinals are going to be dog shit. I, well, I, I'm not ready to, not ready to put them in that category yet yeah because just because they're only a couple years off a super bowl that offense was outstanding yeah they don't have like robert woods i mean that's gonna have to be van jefferson but you have cup you have higby uh acres if he's as talented as they are hoping him to be i mean it's not going to be as good of an offense but it could be a very good offense um you know i don't know i yeah, I agree with you, but we're on the same page with Akers. Yeah, I mean, look at what Josh Jacobs was able to do last year on a terrible Raiders team. You know what I mean? It's like the, you, this running back can still have a top 10 year at the same yeah, time. Opportunity is important. Yeah, at the same time, the team being bad. So that's all That's yeah. all I was trying to say there. Yeah, yeah. So I, Jameer Gibbs is at 17 for me. I want to talk about him just because he's someone that could be like a top 10 back. I mean, like we don't know. I have him at 17. Uh, he's being drafted see. at 14, yep. 14.8, so like 14 or 15th running back. Yeah, which like he's someone that has kind of that Bichon to him to where like – he could be on the field when David Montgomery's running back and he's in the slot. Like, you know what I mean? He, he, we don't know what it looks like yet, so it's hard for me to put him as, above some of those guys. Yeah. But he is someone that I could easily see in top 10 if he really just absolutely crushes it top, 
five, probably not. Yeah, I had a ten. I had maybe. a hard time ranking Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yeah, but I do think he's gonna he's gonna start out really well, especially since um, Jamison Williams isn't gonna be a part of this offense. Um, and then they brought in Laporta. And, you know, Amon Ra is a great receiver, but I think Jameer Gibbs is gonna be utilized in the in the passing game a lot. Um, but I'm also really high on David Montgomery this year, so um, I think. It's going to be interesting, man. I It's very possible that Jameer Gibbs gets five to ten carries a game, but also like eight receptions on ten targets, you know, and does whatever he needs to do with that. But you're going to see some pretty big weeks out of him. So I, I feel like I haven't ranked too low, and I want to move him up, but I just I like these other guys ahead of him. I just like them more. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's going to be a swing and miss on us, and we're going to hope we had shares of them that like we're – he he's got I think we're too low on it or I don't think we're high enough on him. Yeah, but they have um again. the Detroit Lions have the fifth ranked offensive line, great offensive line. And they have the the Detroit Lions have the number one easiest schedule for running backs on the season. So, you know, those two things also add to my feeling that I have him too low, but I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard yeah, ranking him. I, I just wanted to I wanted to highlight him because I think we have him too low, but, or yeah, we're not high. Yeah. We have him too low. Uh, but anyway, so Rashad white, I think he's going to catch 80 balls. Ken Walker, man, he's another guy that we can shoot him up our ranks here in a little bit. If we find out more about Charbonneau. Yes. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't I know. Definitely. That get, yeah. I don't know that we're going to get answers. So it's really not worth talking about to be honest. Um, but, um, I got Swift at 21, Kamara at 22. We should actually find out this week uh, about Kamara. I know he's sitting down with Goodell, so that's going to be noteworthy. Um, he's another guy that you can see on the move in these ranks. Yeah, these rankings are fluid. Ryan talks about it all the time. You got to be like Waters. I think his yeah, you got to yeah. It's a it's a it's a um uh it's a famous quote by um Bruce Lee. Uh, be water, you know, be water. Yeah. When a water, water goes into a vase, the water becomes the vase. So it's like, uh, you just go with the flow. Um, yeah, but be, you know, don't be stuck in your ways. Just kind of hear what's going on. Uh, listen to the yeah. scuttlebutt ears to the ground and, and make moves accordingly. Yeah. And we're going to post these rankings. So you're going to see our changes live, but like, that's a guy, you know, Kamara, we'll see what happens with his, with the news there. Uh, but anyways, I have Swift 21, Kamara 22, Sanders 23, James Cook 24, and I have Damian Pierce at 25. Um, it looks like I'm a lot higher than you on Swift mm -hmm. um, and then a little bit higher at each of those other players I mentioned. Actually, never mind. Besides uh, Sanders and Pierce. So talk to me about... Uh, about Sanders. I know that's your boy. Yeah. Miles Sanders uh, is someone who I want quite a bit of this year. I think uh, this team, this, the Panthers are going to be better than people expect. Miles Sanders was already talked about as being the workhorse guy. I know Chuba's there and he's capable. He's shown that in the past when he's taken over. Um, but I think, you know, they, they paid Sanders, what, 25 mil, four years, like one of the few running backs that got a, got a decent deal. So, um, you know, top 10 in yards per carry last year. He has top 12 upside to me. Um, you know, the offensive line is great over at in Carolina, top 10 offensive line. Like I, I like him this year. I think he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game, be, become a security blanket for Bryce young. And, um, 
I think at where he's being drafted, he has a pretty good chance of, of entering that top 12 and becoming an, of being an RB one by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, so I feel differently about Sanders and we've had this conversation, uh, I think multiple times on the podcast now, <laughs> I think so. the first 24 episode, 25 episodes, certainly off the podcast, but yeah, I mean, for me, like, I just don't believe in his talent, uh, and that he can support this much, uh, per this much of an opportunity, this like workhorse role. Um, I think he's more of a role player type running back. Um, so for me, I think it, that's going to all fail. Um, that being said, they're going to give it every single shot they can. Um, and then they'll lean on Chuba Hubbard a little bit, but yeah, that's why I have them at 23. I think from a opportunity standpoint, it's one of the better ones. Um, so you know, they're certainly going to feed him and just we're going to have to see what he's going to do with it. I'm betting he's not going to do much. That's really all. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, I want to hear what you have to say uh, just because I mentioned Kamara at 22, uh, you have him at 24. I want to hear like your thoughts on that Saints backfield because there's a lot of conversation there. Uh, uh, we're higher on Kamara. Uh, we have him at 23 um, in our combined rankings, and he's getting drafted around 28. So yeah. why are people so low on him? What do you think? What are your thoughts on the Saints back? Um, well, Kamara, I think, is still uh, dealing – or that, that ADP of 27, 28 is still because of the whole legal situation, and I feel like it's diluted from uh, everyone expecting him to be suspended for six games. So as this – information gets released i think that adp is just going to climb i mean alvin kamara is a beast we've seen him yeah. year after year um, be the guy that everybody thinks he is and i don't think that's going to change once he gets on the field like what the worst case scenario he gets he gets suspended for like four games maybe six but i doubt that and i, I know mike you agree with me there but i mean he's been one of the most consistent running backs in fantasy for the last few years like, he, you know what you're getting with Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think Derek Carr, the quarterback, um, you know, I talked about him in our quarterback rankings, but, you know, I think he's got a lot to prove this year, and I think he has a breath of fresh air being on the Saints, and he's going to get Alvin Kamara involved in the passing game. So um, that's kind yeah, of – Yeah, I mean, Kamara, he's, he's outstanding. Yeah. Um, his entire every, – every year of his career, first year in the league – running back three, running back four, running back nine, running back one, running back eight, even last yeah. year, which was. You there, Mike? Uh-oh. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Um, Are you back? Yeah, we're back. I don't know what happened there. Technical difficulties, but um, yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara is a beast. I uh, I know you you're higher on Jamal Williams than I am. Where did I get cut off? I didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> you were just you were going out here. You were talking about um, uh, Alvin Kamara's finishes as a running back since. Yeah, started. where did I stop? I didn't. I didn't even hear you start. Oh, so rookie season 
first year running back three. Yeah. 18 running back four running back nine running back one running back eight like top 10 his entire career until last year which was just a disaster for the saints um you know he was running back 16 but um he i think he did that all without ever eclipsing a thousand yards rushing or receiving yeah he's never had a thousand rushing never had a thousand receiving that blew my mind he had over 80 catches his first four seasons uh, touchdowns. I mean, he had 14 in 2018. He had 16 in 2020. That's insane. Yeah. 21 total in 2020. I mean, he he's, you know, he's an awesome running back. He looks the part he produces. Uh, he's just like a great fantasy running back. And um, I mean, if you're drafting him right now in the, as running back 27, I just think you're going to get so much return value on that. Like he's just, yeah. you know, if you don't draft running backs early and you're looking for someone to really step up for you, Alvin Kamara is a great draft pick. Yes, but what about the other like so people are thinking he's going to lose he's going to lose some is like his split is like uh, you know, you it's, bring it's in Jamal. Pay, it's you you bring in and pay Jamal, yeah. which, you know, it's that's basically saying like Here's what it is to me. That's saying if he gets suspended, we have a veteran, a guy that can step in and we won't really lose much. Um, and then Kendra Miller, that draft pick is like maybe they're thinking about moving on from Kamara and him being their next like lead star guy. And then you have the veteran in in Jamal Williams like that. I just don't see this year that Kamara is going to have a huge hit to um you know his workload. I think they're going to continue to ride him out. Yeah, but even if he does He's you just listed off of his rushing finishes or his running finishes each year. And that was always with someone else involved. Mark Ingram. Some, Ingram there, was, yeah. there was always someone else there. It was never just him. And he's the perfect auxiliary piece. I don't think it needs to be all him. Jamal Williams is there's plenty of work to go around where Alvin Kamara could still be a top 10 running back by the end of the year. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, 26. I have Pacheco 27. Connor. 28 Gibson, 29 David Montgomery, and 30 Alex Madison. Um, before you list off your 26 through 30, I want to just talk about Pacheco. Have him at RB26. He's a guy that I could potentially see. I, I kind of like him here at 26, but I, I'm not very confident in him having a role that everyone thinks he has yeah, like i think it's deceiving I don't think right he's, now yeah i think like because of how he like took over late in the playoffs and, and was the main guy in the super bowl um i think that was more them riding a hot hand than it like being his backfield but i think that's what people remember so it's like rb1 rosea pacheco but at the end of the day they've always kind of went with like who was hot and who was providing the most value in that game. Um, so McKinnon's catching balls, Pacheco's running the ball just like last year, but you know, you still have Clyde. He's going to be healthy. If he had, if he looks good at all, he's going to have a role. Daneric Prince. Yeah. He can, he, he, he's a guy who's standing out in, um, in, in training camp, catching the ball. Like they're saying he looks great catching the ball. If they think he looks 
as good, if not better than McKinnon, they're not going to be loyal to McKinnon. They'll stick Prince right in there. Like there's no, Andy Reid is by committee as it gets right now with this backfield and they're going to put out the best guy there. So I don't know, you know, Pacheco, I have him there. I'm starting to get a little bit more sour on him because of that, but tell me about what you think. Yeah. Um, well, it's already came out in camp that, uh, Clyde Edwards Lear is getting first team reps ahead of Pacheco. Um, although that that's not, that shouldn't be very telling. Don't read too much into that. Um, I think Pacheco is the best pure runner on the team and you're going to see that pretty early on. The guy runs hard. He runs aggressive. And I think Andy Reid loves it about him. Um, I think he has a great, great season, but I don't think that it's this is going to be his job by itself. Like you're going to see Clyde Edwards Alaire on the field a lot. You're going to see McKinney. You're going to see that kid Prince. So, you know, um, even even at the goal line, it's like, you know, uh, Mahomes looks to throw the ball. They don't run too much. It's not like this is a, a great rushing offense. I mean, they have the third best offensive line but they just don't utilize the running back like that. So I'm tempering expectations with Pacheco, but I do like, I like him as a running back. Like I it's, it's tough because I want him to be utilized more. I want him to get over 250 carries, but I don't know if that's, if that's even in the cards for him this year. Yeah. I mean, they do run the ball. Like, so they do get rushing touchdowns. Like, there will be rushing touchdowns on this in this backfield. I think I think Mahomes' running backs total for one point five rushing touchdowns per game. But like you're saying, like yeah, they will throw the ball in the end zone. Yeah, like they, I, I just think nine times gonna feed Kelsey. They're gonna they're they just do whatever they they do whatever they will have to do to score a touchdown. That's yes. what the Chiefs do. Yeah, they don't they don't do the you know the Eagles like kind of same type of I mean I shouldn't say that about the Eagles but you <laughs> Hertz was running the ball in a lot you know what yeah. I mean like they're not like that they just do whatever they have to do to get the ball in the end zone there's yeah uh, but that being said um since Mahomes been a chief it, there, there's you know one and a half uh rushing touchdowns averaged by that backfield so it's going to be productive it's just I'm not sure it's all going to be on Pacheco. Yeah. Um, so, well, uh, let me, uh, let me, there. let me list off my 20 to 30 there. Uh, I had Rashad white at 21, Damian Pierce at 22, James Connor at 23, Alvin Kamara, Alex, Ma- Alexander Madison, James cook, Isaiah Pacheco, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, and then Rashad Penny at 30. Yeah. So Gibson's a guy there at 28. We both are high on him. I mean, his, ADP is, you know, 35.8. Uh, we have him at 28. I think we're both in the same. We both feel the same way about the Redskins backfield. Brian Robinson sucks. And yeah. Gibson is very talented. And he's got a new coach in Biennemi who likes to get creative with the running backs. So uh, one way or another, he's going to produce. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm drafting Antonio Gibson. Again, it, in this pocket of players, Antonio Gibson, just like Aaron Jones, is someone that just jumps out at me like I want him on my team. Um, yep. I, you know, he's he's a he's a massive guy for a running back, six two two twenty, like he's a pretty big guy, and um, you know, he's been utilized quite a bit in this offense. And I just, again, like you just said, Brian Robinson, I don't believe in him. Yeah, he's going to get yeah. looks pretty early, but you know, I'm not drafting him anywhere. And I just think Antonio Gibson's the more talented guy, so. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, we're, so we're, we're halfway home here in these running back rankings. We're going to fire off, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to list off my 31 through 40. Uh, Ryan's going to go ahead and do that as well after me. And then we're going to talk about anyone, um, anyone that we think is noteworthy worth talking about here. Um, but you know, this is when you're starting to get down there. Um, you know, I think it's worth talking about like what their role is going to be, but anyways, that's kind of how we're going to structure this, uh, the rest of this podcast. So yeah. I have 31 Javante Williams, Samaje P Ryan, 32 Jamal Williams, Eli Mitchell, Khalil Herbert, um, 35 Dylan, 36 Charbonneau, 37 Damian Harris, Jarek McKinnon, Rashad Penny to round out my, my 40. Yeah. And I have, uh, at 31, I have Deandre Swift followed by Charbonnet, which might have to take another look at now that this injury situation popped up. Uh, but I have, yeah, he could be moving. Yeah. Khalil Herbert at 33, um, followed by Javante Williams, Dalvin cook, Samaj P Ryan, AJ Dillon at 37, Damian Harris, 38, Devon, a chain and Jamal Williams. Um, one thing that stands out to me is I just have Dalvin cook ranked really low. I'm not sure what's going on with the situation where he's going to sign, but the way I look at it, unless he signs in, in Miami, which if that's the case, I'll probably move him up. But if he doesn't sign in Miami, I just don't think he has much of a role, um, where it's, it's, he's going to be any type of what he once was. So I think there's a lot of fool's gold there in Dalvin Cook. I'm not drafting him at his RBP, his ADP, excuse me. Yeah, I don't need to talk about him. I don't even have him on my rankings until he signs. Yeah, that's I fair. Leave, I just leave him, Zeke, Fournette off of my rankings until then. So um, anyways, uh, he'll be, you know, he'll be put into his appropriate ranking spot when he signs. But until then, I don't, I'm just... I don't have them in my rankings. So um, who do I want to talk about? I, I think I'll want to talk about the, you know, 31 and 32. I have Javonta Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. Um, I'm very high on P. Ryan. I think he's going to have a role, role regardless. Javonta Williams, he's supposed to having some heroic recovery there. Uh, I just like. It's hard to believe. I don't know. I, yeah, it's hard to believe. So until like I see him in the preseason running the ball, which I don't even know if he's going to do that. I mean, right? he's, like, I saw reports today. He's, um, he's back at practice fully padded up and with no restrictions. Like he's yeah, in yeah, drills yeah. and everything. So I just don't get it. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't believe it yet. I'm, w I'm with you. I want to see him. I want to see his utilization, uh, to start the season. Yeah, so I need to see that before I believe it, uh, and that's why I'm staying away from him completely. Um, so I love P. Ryan, though. I'll be drafting him. I have Matt 32. I think he's, you know, this is – I have him basically right at the top of where the backups start. Um, and when I say backups, I mean, like, not the main guy. Um, so, you know, he's someone that I think is going to have a massive role early on and then establish himself in the offense and have one all year. So uh, I'm high on P Ryan, uh, Elijah Mitchell's another guy I'm high on. As we talked about earlier, I have him at 34. You have him down at 43 for me. It's just, I think he's going to have a role, a supporting role to McCaffrey. Um, he's going to be involved to kind of keep McCaffrey healthy and, you know, really, uh, I don't see any need based on how good they are to 
uh, feed McCaffrey uh, like that. So, yeah. um, you know, that's why I have him there. I want to kind think. of expand on that. Um, I want to make something yeah. clear to everybody that's listening. Um, if you have Christian McCaffrey on your team, you need Elijah Mitchell by at all costs. I, I usually don't go out of my way to target handcuffs, but that is one handcuff that I'm going to make sure if I draft McCaffrey in the first round, I am not leaving that draft without Elijah Mitchell. Like I, and I mean, Mike, I, I want to ask you, are you think Elijah Mitchell has standalone value? Because I don't. And I, hundred percent. yeah, I think you, yeah. So I, I mean, that, that says something right there in my opinion. Yeah. I a hundred percent do. I, I think that's why I have him that high. Um, I would ask you the same thing as do you think Khalil Herbert has standalone value? Uh, do you think AJ Dillon, uh, I'm just trying to find guys in the ranks of where I have him ranked. Do you think AJ Dillon has standalone value? Well, no, um, I, I think the two names that you brought up with Herbert and Dillon, um, the teams around them are significantly worse than the team with Elijah Mitchell. Um, but uh, Khalil Herbert's going to be in timeshare. I'm not sure you're going to want to start, let alone roster Khalil Herbert or Dante Foreman as long as they're both healthy. And uh, A.J. Dillon, I just think, is very lackluster. We haven't really seen much from the guy. So I, I would say uh, Herbert, Herbert more so than Dylan, but either one of them, I I don't really. I think I'd I'd almost like it's hard well, because that's where that's where you have these guys ranked. Yes, that's why I'm saying that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's it's hard to rank them lower because they're going to have a role, and that role is not defined yet with Herbert. AJ Dylan, it is. But, I mean, how much are the Packers going to be running the ball? If they're going to be running the ball a ton, Dylan could have a bounce – or not a bounce back, but somewhat of a, a baby breakout season. Um, but uh, to me, if, if, if Christian McCaffrey is fully healthy the whole season, Elijah Mitchell, to me, doesn't have much standalone value. I don't think I'd be willing to start him on a weekly basis with McCaffrey fully healthy in the roster. And I know you feel different. I'm not going to start him. I'm going to keep him on my bench and like, okay. So what, what I, what I meant by standalone value is like a flexible player. Like what, would you feel comfortable putting him in your flex on a, on a bye week when you're riddled with buys? Well, yeah. I mean, if I think he's going to have eight points per game, call it, uh, maybe even a little bit more, uh, he's going to have, you know, he's going to have, he's going to be a consistent, he's going to be a consistent back in an awesome offense. Like he's going to have, I don't know, I, I can project his numbers for you right now. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, bringing up the names Herbert and Dylan, I think if, if everybody stays healthy, I mean, you're starting Dylan as a flex if you have people on by. Like you're going to have no choice. He's going to be one of your RBs on your bench and you're going to have to start him. Yes. And based on what I think the Packers are going to be doing as an offense. Yeah. I, I think he's someone that could fall into the end zone t- two times in a game. You know, same yeah. thing with Herbert. I got a stat out Mitchell. Um, I should stat him out, but the answer there is yes. I think he has value. So when I th- when when I hear you say standalone value, what that means to me is 
do you think it's there's value in keep in rostering Elijah Mitchell while CMC is healthy? That's what that means to me. Yeah, and I um, should have clarified because I mean, are you willing to start them in a pinch and trust them I mean, in your lineup even with even with CMC fully healthy? In a pinch, yes. Like just I would any of these guys, and you're going to like unless you're like unless you're in an eight team league. It, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a couple bye weeks. Like I think it's like seven, eleven, thirteen. Oh yeah, those are brutal. There's some there's some bad bye weeks this year, and like you're gonna have to go get deep. And yes, I am standalone every single game without CFC injured. I, I said he's gonna get ten to fifteen carries a game, and to me, that's you know those fifteen carries are gonna come when he's very hot, but. He's going to get 10 carries a game. I'm pretty confident in that. Eight yeah. to 10 is going to be where he's at. Yeah, I'd, I'm be, I'd be willing to agree with you on 8 to 10. I'm, I think 15 is a little ambitious. Well, I what did he average last year? I think it was like 12 and a half, something like that. I'd have so, to revisit those numbers. I don't know off the top of my head, but. Yeah, I think when they were both in the, in the, in the, uh, in the backfield together, he had something like 12 and a half, but we, we can, we can fact check that later. Um, move on to wherever you want to. <laughs> um, yeah, going on. Um, no, I'll, I'll list off 41 through uh, 50 here. I got Jeff Wilson at 41, Jarek McKinnon, 42, Elijah Mitchell at 43, followed by Roshan Johnson, who just suffered an injury. I don't know how severe that is, but uh, Devin Singletary, Jerome Ford, Tank Bigsby, Kendra Miller at 48, Chase Brown at 49, who I'll probably end up moving up now, and uh, and Tajay. Spears. Am I saying that name right? I always feel like I'm not saying his name. Tyje. Right. Tyje Spears. Okay. Um, and uh, go ahead, list off your 40 to 50. Well, before that, I want to say that I did look it up and like Mitchell's first game back, he got 18 carries. McCaffrey got 14 and four catches. So I don't know exactly what happened that game, but to me, McCaffrey's getting the ball early. Uh, he had 14 carries for 38 yards. McCaffrey wasn't having much success and Mitchell gets a few carries and he ended up with 18 carries for 89 yards. So he had, you know, almost five yards per carry. McCaffrey was under three. So that's the luxury you have is if McCaffrey's not running well, then you feed the fuck out of Elijah the next two games until he got re-injured nine carries, seven carries. Yeah. So you know, it just—it's going to depend on how the game and script is evolving, and um, you know, he's not going to catch much balls, if any. But he's going to get ten carries. He's going to get sixty yards, and he's and been. I'm cool, I'm cool with that. Yeah, he's been known he to be very productive with uh, with any volume that he gets. So, I, yeah, five yeah. yards per carry is is a good metric for that type of running yeah. back. Yeah, so I have A-Chain, 41, Singletary, Jeff Wilson, Brian Robinson, Algier, Jerome Ford, Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson, uh, Raheem Mostert, and Gus Edwards to round out my 50. Um, I think Jeff Wilson and A-Chain, uh, we've talked about Miami's backfield. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, if quite yet, if you haven't listened, um, check out our AFC East breakdown. Yeah. We broke them down earlier today, actually. Um, 
hence the Astros jersey still on. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, until I know that those three are in the backfield, I'm not really going to want to comment much on them. Jerome Ford, someone I think is worth uh, uh, talking about. I yeah. think he's going to have a very legitimate role. Uh, we have him um, as our combined 46th running back and his ADP is 57. Yeah. So, you know, we're high on Jerome Ford. I think he's going to have a great role with this team. Uh, he's going to have a Kareem Hunt ish type role. Uh, you've already heard the uh, offensive coordinator talk about that. So, you know, as long as he produces in that role, that's his, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know if you have anything else to expand on him. Well, no, he's um, just a sleeper candidate for me. I mean, you, you yeah. be, be targeting him later on in drafts and this at pocket of players, uh, he has some serious yeah. upside. I mean, in college. Yeah, talk about like, so you were saying if you own CMC, you're getting Mitchell. Yeah. I, th- I think even more so if I own Chubb, I'm getting Ford. See, I don't um, know. Um, right now, this is tough. When you're talking about handcuffed players um, with the amount of veteran running backs that are available still on the market, um, there's a lot of players that you would assume to, if they're if the top guy goes down, that they're next up. But with all these veterans that are available, they're just going to get signed before that next guy has a way to step up Elijah Mitchell is different in my opinion because the 49ers trust him they've seen what he can do when he has the job if CMC goes down they're not I don't think they bring in a guy to really um, take over that starting role it's going to be Elijah Mitchell's Uh, for me Jerome Ford I don't know is going to be that caliber of player to take over Chubb's role I think they'll bring in uh, you know, X name any of the veteran running backs that are available to uh, to be in a serious timeshare with Ford. So I like Ford as, yeah. as an auxiliary piece, but I don't know about that injury upside. So, yeah, so I disagree. I think you're right. I, I agree with you with the assessment of the Niners. I disagree in that, like, I think that Ford, I don't want to call it standalone value like you mentioned earlier, but like I think there's value having him on your roster regardless. Um, even if you don't even even if it's not as a handy handcuff, but I'm getting Ford as a handcuff because I can get him later to where where Mitchell's getting drafted at where is it 43? Um, 43 against 57. So there's a pretty significant difference there. Like I'm not willing to go get a handcuff at, at RB 43. There's going to be wide receivers there that I think are valuable. I don't know. DJ Chark off the top of my head. I don't even know if that's in the same range, Yeah, but just people that, um, have higher ceilings, I guess you could say Mm -hmm. to, whereas when you get down to wide running back 57, it's like you're throwing fucking darts at that point. So I think he, has standalone value in that if he catches four balls a game, there's value. Um, but if there's an injury to Chubb, I think it's, it's his role. So anyways, I know what you mean with the guys who are unsigned, and it's so hard to sit here and talk about that without knowing where they're going to be because I don't think they're just going to be sitting around with their dick in their hand when the season starts. No, yeah. They're going to either get a role before the season starts or they're not. I, I, so I don't, I just don't think that that's really going to be 
I don't think they're going to sign one. And then I don't think like people are just going to be sitting there. So, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about it. Uh, to me, the, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of these guys that are still available are kind of just hoping for uh, yeah. waiting for the next guy because it always happens every year. One of these top tier running backs gets hurt during the preseason. You know, it's just uh, it's the unfortunate yeah. reality. But um, we can move yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so I have Clyde at 50, Clyde Edwards Hilaire at 51. Gainwell, 52, Deonta Foreman, 53, Chuba, 54, Kendra Miller, who I have pretty far down there at 55, Chase Brown, who I will most likely be moving up. Mm -hmm. I just want to hear more, um, but he's going to be moving up there. Um, This end here, I'll say right now, is going to look a lot different by the start of the season, so make sure you come back and look. Um, their roles aren't really solidified like the guys, you know, above, above are the starters. Yeah. So then I have Tank Bigsby, 57, Dwayne McBride, 58, uh, Pierre Strong, 59, Ty J Spears, 60, Israel Abanacanda at 61. Um, so that's kind of my final rankings. As I said, we can sit here and talk about this guy, these guys' skill sets, but I don't really think that's worth the time because it's going to come down to opportunity and how things shake out these next few weeks. So, you know, I think it's worth more so to keep an eye on our rankings and then reaching out to us directly uh, via Twitter, um, however you want to reach out to us and say, hey, What's this guy's role? How has it changed? Is he worth drafting? That would be my best way to navigate through. Yeah, I completely agree. Check in with us, see if how much upside these players have. So um, at 51 to in conclusion, I have uh, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Warren, Israel Abanaconda, uh, Zeke, Brian Robinson, Deontay Foreman, Tyler Algier, Chuba Hubbard, Leonard Fournette at 59, and Dwayne McBride at 60. Um, but yeah, like Mike said, this, this area is, uh, probably going to be changing pretty much in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, well, I'm, we're definitely going to be talking throughout these next few weeks. We're going to be podcasting. We're going to be talking about these roles. You're going to be hearing about where they're moving to. Um, but you know, this is our running back rankings. Our rankings are our rankings. They're going to be changing as we move forward, but, um, We'll be talking about these guys the, during camp and how, you know, preseason is going to change um, the roles for these guys. Like, preseason is not changing for our starters. Preseason is changing for these guys. You're 100%. See um, so we'll be talking about it. We'll be, you know, almost like we're going to be reacting in game during the season starts about some of these starters, these top dogs. That's how we're going to be in preseason, and I'm fucking excited to do so. Dude, I can't wait, dude. There's literally, I Thursday. I, it's Two but, days. yes, yes. By the time this episode comes out, we will have already seen one game of the NFL football, and it's the Hall of Fame game. It starts it off. I'm no, same day, same day, right? No, no, no. This, this episode will be released on uh, uh, Tuesday, um, August. Oh no way! I thought it was maybe this week, Thursday. No, it's uh, Tuesday, August eighth is uh, the release date of this. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be watching football. Yes, one hundred percent, man. I am so excited. I hope everybody is as well. We thank you all for joining us uh, on this uh, on this wonderful road that we are on, and uh, everybody. Yeah, knows. buckle the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, buckle up. Is coming. This is it's getting real. That's been-